This Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, Sirius XM Channel 80, and streaming on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Nick Friedel filling in for the guys today. You can tweet to us at Nick Friedel, at Amber W Sports, or you can give us a call on the call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. So Nick, it is over. The Major League Baseball trade deadline has passed. We are almost three minutes past the trade deadline. So if you want to trade, you're done so. I'm here to tell you, Major League Baseball teams, uh, no more. Uh, everyone stop. Put down the phones in the front offices. But there were some big names that made some moves. Just moments ago, Noah Syndergaard was traded from the Angels to the Phillies. And the Phillies also acquired reliever David Robertson from the Cubs The Yankees just traded starter Jordan Montgomery for outfielder Harrison Bader. The Yanks needed to get an outfielder after trading Joey Gallo to the Dodgers, another of the big moves that came down today. Whit Merrifield has been traded from the Royals to the Blue Jays. We are unpacking all of these names in real time. The biggest of all, though, and it will not be topped, no matter what news breaks here over the next 30 seconds, the biggest of all, Nick, was Juan Soto. He, of course, now is in San Diego. He is now a Padre. Here was Tim Kirchin, ESPN's Major League Baseball analyst on Noon Sports Center, reacting to the Soto trade. I think this is the biggest trade in Major League history. And when you talk about transactions in history, it's right there also. This guy is 23 years old. He is the best hitter in the game. He has an amazing track record already. And the future is limitless. And now the Padres, once Tatis Jr. comes back, can go Tatis Jr., Soto, and Machado, one, two, and three in the order. And they just picked up the best closer in the game in Josh Hader. This is all because A.J. Preller, their general manager, is a lunatic. And I mean this, I don't know, I mean this in the nicest way. He is absolutely brilliant. He is wildly competitive. He never sleeps. And he said, we can win the World Series if we make this trade. So Juan Soto is on his way to San Diego, and you probably heard Tim Kirchin call it the biggest trade in Major League Baseball history. I mean, you are talking about a player in his prime, in his early prime, at 23 years old, with two and a half years of control left on his contract, being traded away. That's unheard of. Some people are likening it to you'd have to go all the way back to Babe Ruth. And I mean, baseball and their and their old timey references here. Right. But Babe Ruth, when he got sold to the New York Yankees in the most infamous deal in baseball history, like that is the one maybe to compare Juan Soto to the San Diego Padres to. Amber, what always kills me uh in the historical context, just shows you how much respect in the game there is for Juan Soto because you start mentioning Babe Ruth and what he did for the game. There are a lot of people you talk to that think that Soto can be the new face of the game in the next 10 years. But always after the trade deadline, there are the haves and there are the have-nots. And if you're a Padres fan and you see the moves that A.J. Preller has made now – You've got to be feeling great. But then there are all these other fan bases where you look and go, well, my team has given up on the year, and it's over. And it's a sad reality for a lot of these teams in the bigger markets, notably uh, the Cubs, uh, in my case, in Chicago, 
that are being outspent and outmaneuvered by the Padres in San Diego and A.J. Preller, who, as we heard in that Kirkshin clip, is one of the most masterful uh, GMs and presidents that, that there is in the game because he cares about trying to go for it all when he feels like they have the chance. And when you make this type of move at this type of deadline, you are all in. And as a fan, I don't think there's a much better feeling that you can have knowing that your team wants to win every day as much as you do. A feeling that you don't have anymore for your cubbies, right? Where <laughs> At all. you get the World Series and then everything changes. And I assume Nationals fans feel a little bit like this as well. I spent uh, many, many, many years in Miami. I can tell you Marlins fans experienced that as well back in the early 2000s. And so when you do, sure, you get something out of it for a moment in time, but then all these big names depart rather quickly from your franchise. And you're looking at guys like Juan Soto, who you know is a future Hall of Famer, and then they trade him away at the tip top of his prime when he's got still two and a half years left on the deal. But at the same time, if you're the Nationals, I mean, most people are grading this thing as an A-plus for the Nationals as well when you're grading this trade. Now, these people who are doing this know a whole lot more about baseball than I'm going to pretend to here on air. But even as I understand it, Nick, this is what you have to do when you're talking about trying to reload. They had one of the thinnest farm systems in the sport. Soto's their bargaining chip to try to change all of that. With Juan Soto, you're not winning a World Series right now. So what's the point of keeping him if you're the Washington Nationals? They got a really, really impressive haul of top-rated prospects, one of the most impressive hauls ever acquired. The problem is their prospects. So none of us know how it's going to actually ultimately work out for the Nationals. And frankly, probably not very exciting for the Nationals fan to hear that. Well, and that's the problem, Amber, because when you've lost – the level of player that they've lost over the last few years, notably guys like Bryce Harper and Max Scherzer and Trey Turner and Anthony Rendon, when that continues to happen, it erodes the confidence that the fan base has that the team wants to win day by day. And if you're trading a guy who is as young and talented as Juan Soto is in this moment, it would be hard for me as a fan to continue to pay and invest in the product on the field. And that's the issue that a lot of these teams uh, are going to start to deal with. And and that's why, again, look at what San Diego is doing, <laughs> of all places. Mm-hmm. it's You're not getting beat out by a bigger market. You're not getting beat out by uh, a team that has an endless supply of cash like it always seems like the Dodgers and the Yankees do. You're getting beat out by a team that wants to go for it right now. And that, to me, for fan bases across Major League Baseball, if if you're wondering, oh, can my small market team contend and can they compete on the same level, look what is happening in San Diego, California right now. They are doing everything they can to win and win right away. They're not playing for the future. They know they've got a chance and they're going for it, and I respect the hell out of a move of emptying out the rest of your big market or excuse me, big prospects in your farm system and trying to win it all behind Juan Soto 
Manny Machado, and Fernando Tatis Jr. Well, and the reason these smaller markets had this opportunity also to get involved is because of that two and a half years left of control on that Juan Soto contract. So that made all the difference here. Soto will have a lot of fun in the Gaslamp District uh, in San Diego, a beautiful place to be. Uh, Speaking of your Cubbies, though, they didn't trade everybody away. They didn't trade away Wilson Contreras. Uh, We are past the deadline. He's staying with your team or Ian Happ. So there's that. But there's another interesting... Interesting trade I want to mention to you real quick because, of course, you cover the NBA, Nick Friedel. So you cover Kyrie Irving for when he was in, uh, or, or, what, he, I guess he's still in Brooklyn right now anyways, right? No no word on that front. Let me t- Correct me if I'm wrong. No, but no you word. you cover the Brooklyn Nets. So we, we uh, Whit Merrifield, he was traded. I had just mentioned it. He was traded to the Blue Jays. What's interesting about Merrifield was he was among 10 Royals players who didn't travel to Toronto because of their vaccination status for a four-game stint against the Blue Jays before before the all-star break last month. He did say if he got traded to a contender, then maybe something's going to happen. Maybe he'll rethink it in terms of the vaccination status. Well, it's interesting because now he's not only been traded to a contender, he's been traded to the actual Toronto Blue Jays, Nick. If you're Whit Merrifield, Amber, you better be getting that shot now because (laughs) that's the only way you make that deal. And this was always the context of the Kyrie conversation, whether you agreed with Kyrie's decision or not, not to get vaccinated. What you can't disagree with is he made a choice for himself and not for his team. And he put his team in a much less advantageous position Mm -hmm. night to night to go out and play without him because they just weren't that good when he wasn't on the floor. So if you're the Blue Jays, I don't think you're making this deal for Merrifield unless you know that he is now going to get the shot and going to be available. But that part of this is fascinating to me because I went through it every day the last six months with the Nets. And as much as the Nets stood behind Kyrie publicly, there always was that feeling that he was letting the group down because of the choice that he made. Well, I know it's been quiet lately on the Kyrie front, but I don't think you're you're done going through it, Nick Fredella. <laughs> you're I never still, done going through they're it. They're never go, done ever. going through it, especially uh, right now with Katie and Kyrie. Coming up next, we're going to continue to get reaction from the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Plus, we want to get your thoughts on the breaking news from the NFL front. You can give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Back to the Major League Baseball trade deadline very shortly. But... 
We are in the midst of dealing with a bunch of breaking news across the NFL. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin is presented to you by Progressive Insurance, Amber Wilson and Nick Friedel. You can give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's where we find Don. Don is in Dallas. Don, what do you have for us? Hey, thanks, Amber. Hey, I, I must apologize to you because I gave you a bunch of tech uh, about Deshaun Watson and, uh, and narratives and stuff like that. So I'd like to thank you for your elaborate explanations earlier today. But I want to say about the uh, tampering. Why come Jerry Jones can't get caught for doing something like that and get suspended? Maybe we got a good GM for once. Uh, thanks for the call, Don. Uh, so that's uh, interesting that the Cowboys fan is thinking that Jerry Jones needs a little suspension because this, of course, of coming off of the news that the NFL has suspended Stephen Ross until October 17th from the Miami Dolphins. It means that he quite literally can't be around the team he owns until October 17th. And then even longer in terms of league stuff, he's not going to be able to attend any league meeting before the annual meeting that occurs in 2023. He also got fined a million and a half bucks. Of course, this is all in response to the fact that the NFL, after a six-month-long investigation, found that the Dolphins had tampered with both Tom Brady and Sean Payton and brought down the hammer on including draft picks as well. A 2023 first rounder included in that disciplinary action against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Nick, I I mean, we don't want to make light of it, but a little hiatus from the team, from an owner, maybe not always the worst thing ever. There's some Dolphins fans that might feel like that, frankly, with Steven Ross because of all this. (laughs) Yeah, they're just, they're seething right now as they listen to our conversation, Amber. But uh, the... The whole problem with Jerry is he hasn't won. And Mm -hmm. if you're not winning, no matter what pro sports team that you are running, whether it's the Cowboys or otherwise, if you are in that type of job, in that type of role, in that type of seat, and you don't win, people are going to want you out. And Jerry's been there a long time, and he's done a lot of great things for the league and certainly for his team and made a whole bunch of money. But the product on the field has never lived up to where it was in the 90s, and that is why the frustration in Dallas seems to be at a higher point than it's been at in a long time. Uh, it's always at a high point, right? Exactly. We're talking about it's just higher now. Dallas Mike McCarthy, Cowboys. what's going to happen this season? Why well, is this team James, better? Now, wide receiver James Washington, uh, he got hurt in training camp. There's a lot of training camp injuries right now across the league. He's expected to miss six to 10 weeks uh, after he's receiving surgery on his foot. So that's all bad news for the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe good news for the Dallas Cowboys is that Sportico, though, just valued them at almost $8 billion, Nick Friedel. So although they haven't done the winning, and although Don in Dallas is frustrated with Jerry Jones at the helm of his Dallas Cowboys, and sure, maybe that that is somewhat prohibitive of the winning because of the control that Jerry has. And would a Sean Payton even want to go coach there if Mike McCarthy is on his way out? Do you want Jerry Jones, an owner that involved, an owner that takes the spotlight that much, an owner breathing down your neck in that regard if you're a vet with the success that Sean Payton has had in the league? But at the same time, whatever Jerry Jones has done, you could argue from a financial perspective, has been highly effective since they are the most valued franchise even without the recent winning in all of sports eight 
billion dollars nick that's insane it is insane but amber of all the the owners in in pro sports and we've gotten certainly to know jerry jones on a more public level through the last few decades i genuinely believe him when he says i would give up all all but all of it to win the super bowl one more time because when you get to the age that jerry's at and i feel like he's right around 77 right now and you've invested so much of your professional life to get to the point where he's at when you can't get over that hump one more time and you can't lift the Lombardi trophy and have that moment in the sun, it starts beating down on you even more. And you realize you can't take all that money with you. So I think that Jerry is as frustrated as so much of his fan base seems to be, but Jerry loves the spotlight, and he loves the power, and anybody who thinks that Jerry Jones is going to walk quietly into the night is sadly mistaken. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN. Logan is in Virginia. Logan, what do you have for us? Hey, how you doing? Nice pleasure to speak with you. How you doing today? We're great. Thanks, Logan, for the call. Go ahead. Hey, uh, yeah, I just want to ask a quick question. Um, uh, as far as the, the Brian Flores case goes, do you feel like the main subject of the lawsuit that he filed against the Miami Dolphins has been totally disregarded due to they found out, like, it wasn't taken? Like, his initial his initial uh, suit was, you know, for racial um, purposes and stuff. Um, do you feel like that's just kind of been like thrown under the bus now? Thanks, Logan. So it, obviously, Brian Flores, he files a lawsuit. It's for racial discrimination. And so, no, this doesn't necessarily negate his claims in that regard, Nick. What I do think is a bit harmful to his lawsuit is just when it comes to the claim that the tanking was because of, you know, the the there is the actual allegation in his lawsuit about the $100,000 that Stephen Ross offered him to tank games. It was one of the most of the bombshell ac- accusations in the lawsuit. And the NFL investigation finds that not to be legitimate. Now, it doesn't totally negate everything else, and there's a whole lot of other stuff in that lawsuit as well. And so... I'm not sure how much it'll affect the final outcome. I think there's already problems with Flores' lawsuit just from its inception in terms of even trying to get class certification because it's a class action lawsuit. I won't get into all the boring legal minutia of that. But Flores did release a statement uh, after this news broke about the NFL punishing the Miami Dolphins. And he said, I'm thankful that the NFL's investigator found my factual allegations against Stephen Ross are true at the same time. I am disappointed to learn that the investigator minimized Mr. Ross's offers and pressure to tank games, especially when I wrote and submitted a letter at the time to Dolphins executives documenting my serious concerns regarding this subject at the time, which the investigator has in her possession. It goes on to say more things about uh, the unprecedented scope and severity and the tanking and the tampering uh, with Stephen Ross. So Brian Flores uh, is you know, issuing public statements in the wake of this. It, the bottom line to all of it, Amber, is that the lawsuit took a hit today with the findings that the NFL put out. And if you're Brian Flores, in that statement, you try to get your point across. But the reality is that what you were trying to prove 
is going to be a lot more difficult given what the NFL found in their own investigation. If you couldn't prove it in an NFL investigation, it would have been hard anyways to prove it in a court of law. It's not the end of the road by any means for Brian Flores, even in regard to that specific claim. But I do think it probably shows it'll be very hard for Brian Flores to prove otherwise. Again, just as it pertains to that specific claim, though, but that is far from the only claim in the Brian Flores lawsuit. Coming up next, full reaction to the Major League Baseball trade deadline, including one team that was surprisingly quiet. That's next. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Major League Baseball trade deadline has passed, but we saw possibly the biggest trade in Major League Baseball history. This is Canty and Garland on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Nick Friedel filling in for the guys. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports at Nick Friedel. Let's bring in some help for the ESPN Major League Baseball deadline conversation. For that, we bring in Jesse Rogers, ESPN uh, baseball reporter. And Jesse, thanks for joining us. There was no bigger name traded, of course, before the deadline than Juan Soto. He is now in San Diego. How surprised were you that the Padres ended up getting him? I actually was a little surprised, um, even though they've been in, in the mix the whole time. I thought a mixture of major league players, established ones, and minor league players were going to be needed to get him. And it was all prospects, basically. It was all prospects. And I understand why, because once you start the service time clock, they're that much closer to free agency. So I'm sure the Nationals didn't want a guy already in his third year. But I didn't think they would take all prospects. And it's a credit to the Padres farm system. They're drafting and developing that they have enough talent to get a guy like Juan Soto. Not every team organization has a farm system to do it. Having said that, I thought the Dodgers might slide in there at the end. We've seen them do it before. They do have both major league and minor league talent to get it done. But A.J. Prello really pushed all in this time. Where he lost out on Scherzer and Trey Turner last year, he wins on the Soto Derby. So I was I mean, go back a month. Wouldn't you be surprised? I mean, we, I, we, I knew the Padres were tied to them over the last week or two, but, but you know, go back a month or two to think Soto would be a San Diego Padre. That's pretty surprising. Just Soto, Machado, and Tatis is a hell of a trifecta in San Diego when you combine that with acquiring Josh Hader. Do you think they have the talent now to get past the Dodgers in the National League? You know, the easy answer would be yes, Nick, but I'm not – so sure. Remember, hitting can be neutralized in October. And those guys, I know this is going to sound silly, but they only come up once every time through the order. They don't get to bat those three and then those three. Then those, You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to have other parts of your game. And they don't have the strongest 
team around those players, I don't believe. Um, that's why they couldn't trade Major League talent for Juan Soto, because they really don't have it, in my opinion, the, the, the same way like the Dodgers do. Dodgers are so deep on their pitching staff, so deep within their lineup. I'm not saying the Padres are going to you know, get crushed by the Dodgers. I'm saying it's not as easy as just saying those three guys mean they're going to win the World Series. And, and remember, Tatis hasn't played in four months. You can't just naturally expect them to light the world on fire. He might. But I just still have some doubts. I, 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 until the Dodgers are knocked off their pedestal, Nick, I'm not going to pick against them. I love the trade for San Diego, obviously. But there's more to it than just you know adding a hitter. You have to pitch. You have to close games out. And they certainly helped themselves with Josh Hader. But let's see them knock the Dodgers off. And then I'll start to believe in them. I'm a bandwagon guy. I'll jump on their bandwagon once they do it. ESPN baseball reporter Jesse Rogers joining us here on Canteen. Carlin, Amber Wilson, and Nick Friedel filling in for the guys. Uh, so speaking of the Dodgers, Joey Gallo is headed to Los Angeles. The Yankees traded away Jordan Montgomery and Gallo. They got Harrison Bader back, though. What does Harrison Bader add to the Yanks when he comes back from that back injury? Yeah, athleticism, energy, defense, everything you'd want um, in center field. Uh, that's what he adds. But I am very surprised by the deal because I don't know many contenders that give up starting pitching. I don't care if they traded for Frankie Montes or not. You know, the moment you think you have enough starting pitching, you need more. And the moment you give up some, you're going to be looking for it. And it may not. And obviously it won't be there because you can't make another trade. I am very surprised by this. You just don't see it very often, a contender trading one of their mainstay starters, even though they've replaced them and they have some depth. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Bader's great, but does that hurt their starting staff? I think it does a little bit. Jordan Montgomery was pretty good. We'll see what Frankie Montas does going from last place to the Bronx. Like, this is this is a big deal, right? So, um, I'm a, I was surprised by that deal, but Bader certainly gives them that energy and defense that uh, any team needs in center field. Jess, Wilson, Contreras, and Ian Happ were hugging a few days ago at Wrigley, <laughs> and they thought they were probably gone Cubs fans thought they were gone. So why are they still in Chicago? Yeah, I could tell you more in about an hour, Nick, when President of Baseball Operations, Jed Hoyer, um, addresses the media. The, the easy answer is the ask was too high. And instead of giving them away at 50 cents on the dollar, especially Wilson Contreras, Ian Happ has another year, so he didn't have to give him away. Jed decided to keep him. I still don't get it because I think 50 cents or 75 cents on the dollar is better than a guy walking away with a little compensation pick. You know, you get that compensatory pick um, if you give them the qualifying offer at the end of the year. It's, it's a minor thing. I, I'm surprised. But, but let me say this, Nick. I'm also surprised on the other end some team didn't offer enough. There are a bunch of playoff contending teams that have terrible offense from their catcher. Terrible. Cleveland, um, Tampa Bay, the Mets. Uh, the Padres, uh, not that they had much to trade after Soto, but a lot of good teams don't have much catching. Seattle, now a few of them traded for catchers. Seattle did, Houston did. The fact that teams traded for catchers and none of them were named Wilson Contreras tells me the, the asking price was too high. Maybe Jed overplayed his hand or maybe he just stuck to his guns. But something went wrong here because it's been a weird two weeks of goodbyes. Now Ian Happ and Wilson can hug again because they're still teammates. Jesse, finally here on the way out, Shohei Otani wasn't dealt. Is he going to be moved at all in the offseason? I think there's an opportunity for it, yes. I, I, I think the fact that they were listening now is a precursor to 
uh, the, the, the chance they might move him. And, and it's almost like a Soto deal. Look, we're not good enough with him in his prime. Are we going to waste his prime like we wasted Mike Trout's? Or should we trade him and just rebuild this thing with quantity over quality? You're not going to get another Shohei Itani. But if you get a, a deal kind of like what the Nats got for Juan Soto, you would do that. Now, Otani's going to have less service time, you know, less team control. But you know what I'm saying. You're going to get a lot for Shohei Otani. I think the Angels are going to explore it. And I think there's, I would say today, a 50-50 chance he gets moved just this December. Jesse Rogers. Jesse, thanks so much for joining us. Sure thing. Anytime. Canty and Carlin is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Coming up next, the three stories that we didn't get to on today's show. That's next in three and out. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com/network. About a month ago. The NBA was setting the standard, right, in terms of off-season news, and it was wildly exciting, and we thought Kevin Durant might even be on the move. I mean, huge names, Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell. We were seeing Dalen Brunson get dealt and all this other stuff happening, and now... Nick Friedel, I think the NFL has eclipsed your league. So has baseball even today eclipsed your league. As I understand it, the A block of NBA today was led by Russell Westbrook changing agents. Changing agent after he opted into his $47 million player option. Now that would have gone to his old agent, the percentage of that. So this is a big breaking news out of the NBA. Why has it been so quiet in the NBA, Nick? What is happening? The dam broke today, Amber. <laughs> the, the dam broke in the NBA. It carried the storylines for like a month, month and a half, but it really did. they just ran out of steam. And it was a, a difficult uh, rundown today on, on NBA today for the producers to put together because for the first time in two and a half years the reality for where the NBA is is this is the first time executives and players and coaches have all been taking vacations and the reason we're not hearing as much and we're talking about Russell Westbrook changing agents and and Jalen Brunson's potential tampering with the Knicks is because Everybody has disappeared for the time being. Now, in true NBA fashion in the summer, anything is still possible. And as far as KD and Kyrie, who knows what's going to happen in the next month or so before training camp. But the NBA is finally back on a schedule where everybody's taking their vacations now. So the news cycle that never stopped once free agency hit finally has stopped. It has stopped because everybody's on their mega yachts is what you're telling me. Oh, yes. So it's not that Kevin Durant might still not get dealt here or Kyrie Irving or Donovan Mitchell. It's just that nobody's answering their phones because they're out to sea somewhere in the med. (laughs) That's exactly right. It's just on pause for the time being. It's just on pause. I mean, it is pretty remarkable, especially coming off of the last couple of seasons and 
and then the bubble season and how weird that was. And then when we went back to playing basketball and then where that pushed the next season into as well. And so it's all been very convoluted in terms of the NBA calendar. And now we have finally gotten to this point where it is just a lull here in NBA news. And it probably is over amplified by the fact that there ain't no lull right now in these other sports, particularly in the NFL. I mean, training camp's just getting revved up, but it's not training camp news that we're all reacting to so much. It's all this other breaking news in the NFL. It's totally eclipsing Adam Silver's league right now. We're coming down the stretch here on Canty and Carlin. Amber Wilson and Nick Friedel hanging out with you, filling in for the guys. You can follow him on Twitter at Nick Friedel. You can follow me at Amber W Sports. We have had a lot to unpack on today's show. Lots of breaking news out of the NFL. We have still reacted to the fallout from the Deshaun Watson decision where Sue L. Robinson made her decision finally after a month, a month after that disciplinary hearing, she did suspend Deshaun Watson for six games for violating the league's personal conduct policy. We were also reacting to the breaking news out of the NFL that the NFL, after a six-month investigation, brought the hammer down on the Miami Dolphins. They found that they had tampered with both Tom Brady and Sean Payton. It will cost them a 2023 first-round pick amongst other disciplinary action as well. So we've been reacting to that news, plus the Major League Trade deadline. It's deadline day today, so lots happened today in Major League Baseball, and we got to all of it with some help from our friends. We want to thank everybody who helped us today. Eduardo Perez, he was on with us discussing those deadline deals. Jeff Darlington, he's in South Florida. He helped us make sense of this Miami Dolphins story. Nick Swisher also joined us, the World Series winner, and Jesse Rogers to help us talk all things Major League Baseball. But now it is time after an action-packed show to get to the stories that we haven't yet gotten to get to, and it is time for us to go three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is Three and Out. This is Three and Out, and it might be out for Russell Wilson. Three and Out is actually a pretty pretty uh, relevant here because a bad day for Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos tests revealed that Broncos wide receiver, Tim Patrick suffered a torn ACL in practice today. Adam Schefter confirmed a report from Mike Kliss of nine news in Denver Broncos running back. Demarius Crockett also announced that he suffered a season ending torn ACL at today's practice. So both Crockett and Patrick are done for the season, this seems problematic. Russell Wilson, obviously, Nick, is a veteran quarterback. He's been through a lot, but I don't think you want to enter a new team and a new offense and lose two of your prime weapons, your help in the backfield, one of your weapons at receiver, particularly when you now find yourself in a completely loaded AFC West. Oof. <laughs> if you're Russell Wilson, Amber, uh, you can't be feeling good about what has transpired, but this is why you get paid the money that you do, and this is why you've made all the memories that you've made in your what will be a Hall of Fame career in the end. You have the power and the ability to raise up everybody else around you, and if you're the Broncos, you are banking on Russell Wilson's leadership and the intangibles that he brings to the locker room and the field 
to carry you through this really difficult moment. So some adversity for Wilson to under to overcome already as he's under center for the Denver Broncos. Of course, they still have Jerry Judy in that receiver's room, KJ Hamler, Courtney Sutton, uh, or Cortland Sutton, but nevertheless. Still not a good day for Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. A better day for Daniel Jones, which is really weird to say. Like, not a good day for Russell Wilson, a good day for Daniel Jones. That's not a statement. Now, there's a juxtaposition you weren't expecting today. Certainly not. You were not expecting to hear that on your radio today. But Daniel Jones, he was tearing it up reportedly at Giants camp today. This is according to Jordan Renan. Now, there has been this out of training camps all across the league, Nick, where I can tell you for one, the Dolphins Twitter went absolutely berserk because somebody, a fan at the camp, posted a video of Tua actually connecting on a deep ball with Tyreek Hill, and it was a bomb, and it looked pretty, and so all of Dolphins Twitter has decided that, of course, they're winning the Super Bowl this year, even though they haven't won a playoff game in well over 20 years how much do you put stock in what's happening coming out of training camp? These snippets that we're getting. Daniel Jones, he looks like he's turned things around for the job. Maybe they should pick up that fifth-year option after all. Amber, to me, this is the Mario Hazonia theory. And I'll give you a quick description. I grew up in Orlando as a Magic fan. The Magic drafted Hazonia a few years back, and he threw down an unbelievable dunk in Summer League. And everybody went nuts, and they said, he is the next big thing. Hazonia now plays in Europe. The NBA has long since forgotten about him. Who cares what happens on a practice field in August? Prove it to me when it matters most, Daniel Jones. I want to see it in November, not at the beginning of training camp. Let's hope things go better for Paolo Banchero uh, down there for your magic. But... I'm with you. I mean, I, I can't get excited about this. We were just joking on the bonus content about your rundown today on NBA Today and how it's tough sledding here in early August in terms of the NBA offseason news. Everybody's on their mega yachts. Kevin Durant's not getting traded because nobody's picking up the phone anyways because everybody's in the med doing their thing that these rich billionaires do when they own these teams. It feels a little bit like that when we're talking about like training camp news. Now, given there's plenty of other news in the NFL that has been keeping us afloat, but it's really hard for me to get excited about a pass here and there in early August when it's training camp. Let me know if Daniel Jones actually looks good in games, because I think that is going to determine his future with the New York Giants. Greg Norman says Tiger Woods turned down Live Golf's offer. From seven hundred to eight hundred million dollars in terms of the range of what was offered to him, he turned down Nick Friedel, according to this, almost a billion dollars to join Live. Amber Tiger has always been about legacy. He knows what's in play. He's made his money. I respect the move, even if that is a lot of money to say goodbye to. That is a man standing for his principles there. We know he's been outspoken against Liv and against the golfers that have gone to Liv. Uh, but even if you're a billionaire already, I'm sure it's not easy to turn down almost a billion dollars. Spain and Fitz, they've got a billion bucks. They're coming up next.